This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walt, his name is Jason. For the first time in weeks, we are both on the same episode doing doing podcasting things, and we are so happy to have you. If this is the first time joining us, the last few weeks have been chaotic, but we've continued to crank out content with one simple goal in mind, and that is to inspire you to get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. I mean, it has been an absolute blast the last four years running this podcast, meeting people, hearing about all the different people who go out and enjoy new things, try new things, whether it's bass fishing or turkey hunting or deer hunting a different state. We get to talk to all these people that have had a good time doing that. And we're trying to build on that momentum. And we're glad you're here uh, with us this week that I know we are a little bit behind, but it is what it is. The, the, the fact is our schedules have been a little bit crazy, but we are still dropping content because we love you guys. We love uh, interacting with you. And Chase, man, I am just overjoyed to have your voice on the other end of the, of the line for the first time in years it feels like <laughs> yeah it has been a while we were talking about that before we uh, signed on here to the podcast about how i did one without you we had a little week where we didn't drop a podcast you did one with uh, jake bush so it's been a minute uh, since we've uh, been on the line together <laughs> but hey it's just it's been kind of been hectic i mean you've got the new child i've got some had some personal stuff going on and everything else so it's just been one of those deals and then just get lining up guests and getting them to line up with our schedules because both of our schedules are kind of weird right now just things not really working out uh in a perfect world we would have had we would have dropped everything perfectly but it's in a perfect world so tonight i think we're we're going to make up for that because we are going to answer a lot of uh submitted questions i believe from our facebook poll group yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a good time. So what Chase is referencing is uh, a few weeks ago, we posted a uh, thread in our closed group for the podca- podcast called Chasing Ta- Tall Tales. 
and we tried something new and we said guys put what you want to hear us talk about here vote we'll pick the the top items and we'll, we'll create content for you based on what you guys want that way we don't have to do any guessing and that's what we're here to do and i'm pretty stinking excited about it um before we get to that and the spoiler is i think we're going to touch on (laughs) more than one of these uh, because there's a lot of really good content uh, or ideas that have been put here um but before we do, we got a couple things to, uh, to to touch on. First off, if you are new to the show or if you're a longtime listener, you know that we have a Patreon account, which is a way for us to raise money to allow us to do more of this podcast. We are always going to do this podcast. We love doing this. I, I, I said from the beginning, hearing people who go out and do fun things based on the, the motivation that we've provided, hearing their success, interacting with them is what gets us up at the end of the day and one of the ways that we say thank you is we do quarterly giveaways and we are about to announce the winner of the trail cam giveaway. This is the Q2 giveaway. So it was a bunch, I think it was four Simmons trail cameras. This is the whitetail classic. It's the trail camera. I did a bunch of reviews on YouTube. You should go look. I love this camera. It is a non-cellular camera, but that's okay because some places don't have self service. And then there's a Browning cell camera in there as well so that you have a good arsenal to get to scouting. And what better time than right now when you're listening to this July to be out there sweating, fighting off the ticks and the mosquitoes, uh, inventorying your next buck. So, uh, Chase, you, you want to, you want to take this one away? Yeah, sure. Uh, we, Picked a name. We did a random pick before uh, the podcast started, and the winner for this quarter's giveaway is Thomas Brown. So congratulations, Thomas. Uh, You are the winner of the trail camera package for this quarter. (laughs) I'm going to get that out to you, buddy. I mean, if you're a member of our Patreon Marco Polo group, Tom's in there all the time, man. I mean, he is just, he he hustles, he motivates, he encourages people, he checks in. The Patreon Marco Polo group is an awesome way to interact with a carefully curated group of individuals who are all out there to motivate each other. And he is just always in there. I could not think of a better person for this to go to. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and we're working on the Q3 giveaway. We've got a couple irons in the fire, but we will announce that probably on the next episode. I'm really excited about it as well. But one of the things I do have to touch on is we did have a slurry of, or a flurry rather, of registrations for our Real Spenders group, which comes with hats. If you're listening to this and you've registered and you haven't gotten a hat from me, I had like two remaining. I've already put in a an order for more, and then we had four or five people register. So um, I've sent you all messages explaining what's going on. I will get those out to you just as soon as I get them. I uh, just don't want you guys to think that I've forgotten about you because I couldn't possibly forget you guys. Um and then we've got something kind of cool in the works. And I, I said to Chase a minute ago, I said, listen, I want to tell everybody about this. And you can tell I'm, I'm the guy in the relationship. If you're new to the show, I'm the really over the moon, like super excited, amped up, rush into things kind of guy. Chase is a little more you know, methodical. And I could tell he was like, ah, let's get some of the details worked out. But we're just going to put this out there so that we have to make it happen. We are putting together the first Patreon hunt uh, that we're ever going to have. And what I mean by that is we're going to get a group together of patrons. We're going to hit a piece of public land and we're going to go deer hunting this fall. Um, I should say winter because it's not going to be any time in like (laughs) September, October. Um, But we are working out the details. If that's something that excites you, check your email. There'll be a message going out uh, to the Patreons to kind of gauge what time of year we want to do this. We're looking currently looking at December and January, but dude, this is going to be a stinking blast. 
Yeah, yeah. The guys uh, kind of mentioned it on our Marco Polo group, and it seems like people kind of went back and forth that they were interested in doing this hunt uh, in that December, January time frame. Uh, you're kind of centrally located for quite a few of our patrons, and that's actually when the best hunting is in that area. So it seems like it's all going to work out. Uh, we're going to have to iron out all the details, but we got a lot of interest, uh, it seems like. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a good thing. Um, I, I have a feeling uh, that a couple of our patrons are going to get together. Chase, you're pro- you may join us as well. We're going to do some scouting. We're going to try and break apart a piece of public. This is something that was already in the works as it was. It's going to be a podcast and video uh, series that we're going to do where we go and we break down a totally new piece of property to somebody and scout it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and line that piece of property up to be the one that we'll be hunting for that Patreon hunt. So that way we can share the knowledge, we can share some of this information, and uh, everybody who gets there at least has kind of like a foot in the door, um, and they're not feeling that they need to take off like a week to scout ahead of time. Um, So, man, dude, iron's in the fire. I I can't believe how much we've got going on right now. Yeah, yeah, and we've always talked about having a a Patreon hunt get together. Uh, So now it kind of seems like everything's lining up to where we can make that happen uh, this fall. And, and I'll be honest, I kind of like to make it a, yeah, <laughs> I'd kind of like to make it an annual affair. I think it'd be a great thing. Maybe we can bounce the location around a little bit. Um, you know, unfortunately in this regard, we're going to kind of favor the Southeast because the vast majority of our Patreons are in the Southeast, but that doesn't mean that we're not coming to a, a Midwest state near you one day real soon. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, this is, this is good stuff, but We've talked a lot about the patrons. We need to also talk about the companies that we work with to make this show possible. We're going to mention two of those today. First is Spartan Forge. Um, kind of think about if you had an Alexa sitting on the desk and you could say, Alexa, where do I need to hunt today? And Alexa knew what deer did statistically based on every conceivable input. Wind, rain, snow, hobbits in the woods, moon phase, rut phase, all of that. Think if Alexa just had all that information and she could put out a statistical analysis that said, this is your best spot to go. That's what Spartan Forge does. It tells you where to focus, how to focus, and there's a lot of really cool stuff coming. In fact, one of the very next episodes we're going to have dropping, we're meeting with Bill Thompson, the founder and CEO, to talk about all the new stuff that's coming out. And I'm telling you right now, if you think it's, if you played with the, with the software before and you think it's cool, he's about to blow you out of the stinking water. He and I have been on the phone several times lining this up, trying to get this squared away to where we hit everything because this this is going to be a ridiculously packed episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that episode. I mean, you're you're kind of the the contact for us with him. So there's even a lot of stuff that I don't even know <laughs> that we, is is coming down the pipe. So I'm looking forward to that podcast uh, just as much as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know, there's a lot of moving pieces, and since we don't live in the same area, it's not always that easy. But to to keep up with everything, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be uh, I'll get you caught up to speed. But there's a lot of really neat stuff coming down the pipe, and I think you're going to enjoy it. But along the the lines of being prepared for for every opportunity, Scree Gear makes some of the best technical gear for the best price I can ever 
imagine. I mean, I absolutely adore working with Scree Gear. They have technical gear that allows you to do more to tailor your system to the conditions you're going to have. Everyone knows in the in the South, you could have temps in the 80s and temps in the in the low 30s within a 24-hour period. And instead of taking big bulky clothes that you just you know you, you stuff into a backpack and you have to put on when you get to the stand, they've got a technical layering system that allows you to stay cool, stay dry, stay warm when you're supposed to be, and keep the elements where they're supposed to be for an amazing price. So check them out, ScreeGear.com. And if you use the promo code ChasingTales15, you get 15% off any regular priced item. Um, boy, man, I tell you, this is going to be like a 45-minute intro. Why don't we cut it off there? I still got a couple things to announce, but we got to get on to the episode, my man. Um, so I guess next week we're going to announce some really fun stuff that I'm, I'm excited. We've been working hard. I know we've been kind of MIA, but I promise you guys, while I'm rocking that baby, I'm still on my phone hustling for you guys. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so uh, let's see. This was back in June, mid-June. I dropped a poll and I said, hey, guys, tell us what you want to hear. Vote, and we're going to you know talk about those items. And so I kind of expected this to look a little differently, but we got a lot of really good opportunities here. Um to address things that you guys like. And we're going to kind of run through these, I think, as much as time allows uh, today. And anything that's left over, we will cover on another episode or find guests to talk to them if we're not qualified. And we're going to do this again because I saw some really good engagement. Chase, I really got some awesome ideas on here. Uh, People volunteered guests and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, So item number one, I think we should just start with the most heavily voted, most favorite uh, item that is why speedos are a bow hunter's best friend. <laughs> Whew. I didn't expect that to really get 11 votes, but it did. That was a, <laughs> I put something there just to get the poll going. And uh, you guys want to know why a speedo is a bow hunter's best friend. So we're about to have some fun with that. Chase, do you uh, have any immediate thoughts on that? Ooh, I think I'll let you go first. I mean, you're kind of the <laughs> resident Speedo guy. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I have found pictures out there on the internet of you in Speedos. So why not let the expert start it off? And then I'll kind of throw in some input after uh, you go. You know, I can't, I can't argue with that. So um, I've, got, I've got two immediate ideas here. And, and, and first and foremost, if you live in a place like Michigan or Florida, Public land is a highly contested situation, right? Here it is. It's the first opening day of the deer season. It's 3 a.m. The the clay roads are just dusty as all can be. Why? Because everybody all summer long has been tinkering with their gear, and it's the first day to hit the woods. Well, what's the number one thing you're going to run into? You're going to run into everybody else in the woods. And I can't imagine a situation that plays out better than this. You're walking through the woods. You see another dude creeping through the woods with a with a dim red headlamp. He's going to the same spot you're going to. You hit him with your with your bright light, and there he is with a climber on his back, an American flag speedo, and snake chaps. <laughs> I think you're gonna end up having that spot to yourself if you're the guy in the speedo. <laughs> uh. I mean, I mean, what conversation are you going to have with this man? Because you're you're going to be trying not to look at things that really don't need the t- attention that are being drawn to him. But in the daylight, in the dark, rather, you've lit him up, and all you can see is freedom wrapped around his his waistline. So I'm just saying, American flag speedo. I think if you walk into any piece of public land and another dude sees you, he's probably going to climb down and get out of there because he's going to be wigged the heck out. Am I wrong? 
I mean, you got a good point there. I mean, because you, you really you're like, well, hey, what else, what's going on out here? <laughs> is this guy actually hunting, or has he got something else going on? Some weird fetish? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's all kinds of things that might run through your mind at that point. And if that dude doesn't really run when he sees you, then I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. I want to really share. I mean, who knows? Maybe this is a cool dude. Maybe he's figured things out and. Maybe the speedo just throws deer off. Like it's yeah. just like a deer looks up, sees a dude or um, in a f- speedo, and they just <laughs> they're shocked, or they're, they've like never seen it before, so they don't really consider it a threat. I, I don't know, man. There, it, it seems like. I mean, I personally have never hunted in a speedo, so I can't really <laughs> give why why it would be the best. Um, I, I, who knows? Maybe we can talk to Scree. Maybe they can design a, like a merino <laughs> wool or something speedo uh, for us, like chasing I mean, tails edition. Now, I mean, here, and, here's the deal, though. It, have you ever hit a deer in the in the eyes with a spotlight? They get blinded by the light. They just stand there acting dumbfounded. Now imagine it's dead high noon and the sun's beating off of your ginger body. The deer can't <laughs> see anything. They're just going to hang there. You've got all the time in the world to get the, the camera on him, to draw back and let the pen settle. I mean, I think there's actually a tactical advantage here. That, that's that's true. There, there could be uh, the, that tactical <laughs> advantage. I don't really know how you're going to fend off all the like red bugs and mosquitoes <laughs> and everything else. Like Maybe you go in with clothes. Oh. And then you – break down to the speedo once you're in your saddle i mean technically they're not really going to see your speedo because you, you're going to be in a saddle so basically you're just wearing right. a saddle and everybody's already seen what you look like uh, in a saddle <laughs> with with a speedo on so well if, my question is do you have to have blaze orange if you're in a speedo I don't know, man. You're, you're ginger anyways, so does that count? That's like you, your I, beard and your hair and everything, does that count as like the minimum square inches of That's what I'm saying, orange? man. It says fluorescent orange. It doesn't say you have to actually be wearing a garment. If you were naturally fluorescent orange like your soulless ginger is, I mean, I, I think you're, you're killing multiple birds with one stone here. Well, why don't they make a saddle that's orange? <laughs> like a blaze st- orange saddle. <laughs> a blaze orange speedo? Yeah, blaze orange speedo saddle. I mean, if you got the the speedo on, I don't know if that's going to be enough inches, but maybe it is. I mean, yeah, I think in some states. Speak for yourself, sir. uh, uh, A hat qualifies. Yeah, yeah. I Um, I don't know. Uh, Maybe uh, we're going to have to do some more research on it. I I don't think we can like definitively say it's the best thing to hunt in. Uh, Yeah, and especially if you're in the Midwest in the winter time. Uh, you're probably not going to have a lot of staying time if you go out there uh, <laughs> in a speedo. Well, I think I think we're definitely relegating this to early season or like uh, South Florida. You know what we need to do is we need to have Ryan Nitz back on the show and get his expert opinion about uh, blaze orange speedos for deer hunting. I think uh, he yeah. he would probably be the most qualified from a temperature standpoint. Or uh, even uh, was Danny and Mark from uh, Swamp and Stomp? Uh, I think they're even. <laughs> further south than he is so that's true uh, i think maybe we need to challenge danny and mark to go out with some speedos early season when it's august 1st and they're out there <laughs> riding their e-bikes to <laughs> their locations um i'm sure that'll throw a bunch of people off thinking that they should be at the beach instead of uh, out in the woods 
I, I think we need a speedo challenge. I think this deer season, Chase, we need to assemble a crew of very brave Floridians to hunt in speedos and definitively put to the test whether or not there is a tactical advantage. Because environmentally speaking, I guarantee you it's going to be the coolest way of, of hunting. And if you're like John, uh, John Porter, uh, he hunts in a ghillie suit. So the speedo is tailor-made for him. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I have hunted in shorts and a tank top before because sure. it was so hot. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe I give it a try this year. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to buy a Speedo. But, I mean, technically you're wearing a Speedo for the most part. The saddle yeah. is kind yeah. of a Speedo. So, I, I guess we just have to see how comfortable a saddle is while you got the Speedo on. Well, I guess if we're making the argument that a saddle is basically a Speedo, do you even have to wear the Speedo in the saddle, or could you just wear the saddle? Good. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm I don't just... know. We can film those types of things <laughs> for the YouTube channel, but let's go come with a strict parental advisory. <laughs> Maybe Jason Tails <laughs> goes from a Patreon account to to only an OnlyFans. Fans. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't have as many fans <laughs> as our Patreon account, but <laughs> hey, you never know. Uh, probably not the ones we want anyways. <laughs> All right. We've beat that horse. I think dead as can be chase. What is your best miss story? I know you don't miss, but oh once gosh. upon a time, there had to be some equipment failure you can blame. Well, I've dude, I, early on, I had plenty of misses. Uh, when I first got into hunting, I mean, I probably had more misses than I had like success stories <laughs> early on. Uh, may I kind of contributed to, like, not not really growing up hunting or anything like that, and just being out in the woods uh, and being in a rush. Like, I think a lot of my problem early on when I had some issues, uh, because, I mean, my wall should have a lot more <laughs> bigger deer on it, honestly. But <laughs> I, it was like a rush thing. Like, I would get in a rush trying to do things, like, too fast. Like, thinking that my window of time like everything kind of sped up for me then and i was i would like as soon as i'd get the crosshairs on an animal or something i'd be pulling the trigger or like rushing a bow shot or anything like that it was it was all about me just not um being in control and sure. i worked on that a bunch and since then i haven't had as many problems uh but every now and then it'll kind of pop back up on me but i mean there there obviously there's times where you have to be fast like you, you have very a lot of times in florida you have very short windows where mm-hmm. you're going to get a shot especially as thick as thick as it is in certain areas i mean you might have like a 2 second window okay i got to take the shot and that's it but as far as best miss or worst misses Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I, I told this story on the Whitetail Distraction podcast. I don't think I ever I – don't, I don't think I've ever told it on our podcast <laughs> on uh, Worst Miss. And, um, I mean, obviously my worst miss was a miss on the biggest deer I've ever seen. But as far as, like, story and everything, this is a, a better story than that. So it was – this was the – I'm going to think. This is the first year I ever hunted first year I ever hunted uh, I had bought a bow some arrows I had no clue what I was doing uh, back then like literally I bought some arrows off Cabela's they could have been 500 spine they could have been 200 <laughs> spine I, to this day I don't even know what spine they were I just I was like oh there's arrows and I bought an arrow or I bought a bow off of eBay 
just whatever bow, random. I was like, oh, cool, there's a bow. Um, did no research. Back then, like I said, there wasn't a lot of YouTube and just things that you could look. So I was just like, oh, cool, I'm going to need a bow for hunting, and I'm going to need some arrows. Uh, so I ordered the bow off of eBay, got the arrows off of, like, Cabela's or something, um, took them to the local pawn shop uh, to have somebody cut them down for me so uh, I could uh, put field points and broadheads and do all that cool stuff. And started – I shot this bag. Heck, even I had a sight. It was a four-pin sight. And I had it set at, like, 10, 20, 30 – 10, 20 – 30 and 40 yards, I guess, or whatever my site was. That's how I had it said. I had a 10 yard pin because <laughs> that, that's how, <laughs> that's how green I was into hunting. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to need this 10 yard pin. Uh, I had, had no clue about any of that. So it's not like, it's not opening day, but it, it's, it's probably within the first few weeks of the season. I had a climber I was hunting out of get set up in this climb. I'm in this climber. I, it's, I'm probably like 12 or 13 feet off the ground maybe <laughs> back then. I mean, because I'm like, I, I don't know about how high I need to get off the ground. I didn't even – didn't really cross my mind uh, at, at the time. And no one had – it. I hadn't spoke to anyone or talked to anybody about getting like 20 so – it was a clean pine tree. I could have got 30 feet in the air if I really wanted to. Um, but I had nothing – I had no cover. It wasn't like I was up 12 or 13 feet because I had cover all around me uh, and I was thinking that that was – would have been perfect as opposed to going a little bit higher where I wouldn't have any cover. So I was up there and I had had does and stuff come in before, um, when I, probably on my first or second hunt, but they winded me. They saw me moving around, just what, whatever dumb stuff you kind of do when you first start hunting. And on this particular hunt, I'm like, okay, I want to shoot something with my bow. If a doe or something comes through or comes in, I'm going to shoot it. So I have this doe come in. And I'm looking at it, and it was a small doe. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a fawn, but it was a super small doe. And I kept, like, going back and forth. Am I going to shoot this thing? Am I not going to shoot this thing? And I had gotten stood up in the climber. I'd gotten set up to where if I wanted to take the shot, I could take the shot. And finally, the doe is kind of, she's pretty much directly underneath me almost. And I, I finally decided... It's time. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna break the ice. Get my first <laughs> deer kill. And I go to draw the bow back. So I draw the bow back, and out of the corner of my eye, this. I guess I wasn't looking because I'd been so focused on this doe. This buck comes out of nowhere, and he kind of runs in like he wants to pursue the doe. So I stop, and. I'm going to, I'm turning because I can see this buck that comes in. He had a, it was, and he had this super weird rack. Like, it was almost like his antlers went straight up mm. and they had points coming off of him. He wasn't a spike. I mean, he was an older deer, but he just had a super, super weird rack. And I decide I'm going to let my bow down because I had had it drawn back for a little while and I was trying to get turned around and everything and I had, was going to have to um, go around the tree because I was in a climber that was like facing the tree. I wasn't out in front of the tree. I was like facing the tree, kind of like a gun climber. Mm -hmm. And so I decide, okay, I'm going to let my bow down. Well, however I had the bow, I go to let the bow down. And as I'm letting it down, somehow my thigh gets stuck in between, like, the string and the cam Ooh. As, Ooh. I'm, as I'm going to let it down. And, and I'm, like, at that weird point to where either 
I let it go and like take a chunk out of my leg or I'm like <laughs> trying to pull it back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but you're in that weird sticky spot and you're like, I can't get it to go back. Um, so it's stuck there. And I, at this point, I'm trying not to scream because the deer is still around me. They have no clue what's going on. And I'm trying not to scream like a little girl <laughs> because my thigh <laughs> is stuck. Uh, and as I'm trying and I'm trying to move a little bit, I'm trying to pull back. And as I pull back, as I'm pulling back, my finger hits the trigger on my release. So, oh my God, bow goes off, <laughs> arrow goes into oblivion. Like I, I, I knew there was no point in even looking for that arrow because it <laughs> shot like straight up in the air. <laughs> um, deer hear it, spook, both of them run off. So I have nothing to show for me drawing back on this doe that was going to be my first <laughs> bow kill ever. Um, luckily, I don't know what happened. I didn't have an injury to the thigh. So I, I, I don't know what happened or if my adrenaline was pumping enough to where I didn't feel it at the time when the bow went off randomly for me hitting uh, the release. But so, yeah, that's probably one of my like weirdest miss that is weird. stories of – I still, to this day, have no idea how my thigh got stuck in between kind of like the string and the cam. Still can't figure it out. <laughs> it's never happened again, so that's good. And I don't know anyone else it's ever happened to. But, yeah, so that's my uh, that's my weird miss story. Man, um, I don't have anything that cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, the I, I really racked my brain on this one. And this, before you guys think – uh, you know, oh, Walter tooting his own horn. I don't miss that often. The only times I've missed have just been like just quintessential. I thought the deer was closer than it was. So I'm going to tell a story where I missed my initial target, um, but still ended up getting the deer with the same arrow. Um, it was, uh, man, like freshman year of college. I'm, I'm going to mimic you almost to the T. eBay bow, Walmart arrows, they flew somewhat true. You know, the groups weren't terrific, but they weren't bad. Um, that could have been the fact that the arrows weren't spined appropriately. It could have been the bow wasn't tuned. I I, I don't know. But uh, it was really getting into this, like, bow-only craze, and I'm only going to hunt with the bow because it's this purity thing. And so my buddy goes and says, hey, man, I got this 60-acre track of land. Let's go hunt it. Let's put in a food plot, and since you're getting into archery, what we're going to do is we're going to put these uh, rows of sorghum in this food plot in front of you at every 10 yards so you don't have to range the deer. You just know that you know if he's between here and there, he's about 25. Here and there, he's about 35. And uh, sure enough, the first day of deer season comes. I slip back in here 30 minutes before the end of daylight, or the sun goes down. Here comes a group of does, and they come from 45 to 40 to 40 to 35 35 to 30 and they kind of just hang out right there and i'm like you know it's a brand new bow it's fast i mean i bet you i was like singing like 205 feet per second back in the day you know like (laughs) i was like it's super fast so i put these string silencers on there i can make a 35 yard shot because there's this really big fat nanny out there so i drew back i let that thing rip i gauged the, the the distance perfectly but this arrow literally waited on a Greyhound bus before it decided to get to 
the deer. I mean, it just was the slowest bolt of, of, of momentum through the air. The deer ducks, and when the deer ducks, she spins around, and just some somehow inadvertently, the arrow catches her at the base of the skull, severs her spine, and she dropped right there. I, I could, you could, I, you could hunt another hundred years and never have done what I did. I could not believe it. I stood there just jaw just dropped on the floor. Like, can't believe what happened. And I call my buddy. He comes down. He's like, where'd you get her, man? He's, I said, oh, she's right there. He goes, how far did she go? She didn't take a single step. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? I shot her in the back of the head. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, dude, you really like some small targets, don't you? I'm like, man, hold on. So I tell him the whole story. We had a good laugh, man. It was just, it was unreal. That is as good of a best miss story as I've got. I, I missed what I was aiming at, but got the deer in the end. Nice. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. You, got, you got the deer. So. <clears throat> yeah, she's a big fat nanny. I got a photo of her on Facebook with me in a, uh, an Irish pub t-shirt. That was the state-of-the-art camo back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right, so uh, we've got a couple of suggestions that are on here, one of which is a person. We obviously didn't line that up. It's just you and I. Um, summertime fishing mm, doesn't really fit our MO right now. Maybe that's a good episode we could line up after we go fishing, Chase. What do you think about that one? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Uh, the last one is how easy or not to plan an out-of-state hunting adventure on a budget. Now, when I saw that one, I immediately thought of how contrasting uh, our life, like our deer hunting cycles have been. Uh, you have traveled many, many times out of state through a variety of different means. And I would love to know, like, how do you answer this rather vague question for the people who are listening at home, thinking about doing something similar? Well, I mean, it's really, it's not super hard. Uh, I used to think about same type thing like okay is out of state hunt how do i plan this where do i go uh early on i did go early on with my my father-in-law he liked to use outfitters uh back in the day so we would we kind of went to some outfitters and stuff but uh since then i have gone on public land hunts out of state i'm actually planning a public land hunt out of state this year to missouri i'm actually going to be going with one of our patrons uh brett yeah, uh, this this fall. <laughs> uh, so the the main thing is, I guess it kind of depends on. So it all depends on what you're after. Are you after like a big Midwest whitetail, or are you after just the amount of game? Like, you, do you want to go shoot a couple of deer? Uh, but as far as a budget, so uh, a lot. There's quite a few states that are over the counter. So. That's probably depending on what you're thinking, um, and it seems like a lot of the over-the-counter states are cheaper <laughs> than the ones where you have to put in for like three or four years to get drawn. <laughs> right. Uh, so you'd kind of, I mean, you have to kind of depend. Okay, where, how far are you willing to travel? Uh, I mean, I'm going to Missouri, which is where I'm. I mean, it's going to be a hump for me uh, to get there. Uh, it, it is over-the-counter. I can buy the tag uh, the day I get there. One of the things that I have found, which I don't really, I'm not really all about that tent life, <laughs> to be honest with you. I've done it before. I have gone, and it, it's just not my thing. Uh, maybe if I had a cooler air mattress or something like that, and it, maybe the time of year you go, stuff like that. But what I have found is 
Airbnb is the way to go. I mean, I, it helped me on my Kansas trip. Uh, I've already booked a Airbnb for my trip uh, this fall, uh, and it is it's like thirty dollars a night, and it you have your super expensive. Yeah, you had your you got your own bed, hot shower, had a kitchen. I mean, pretty much anything that you could need on the hunt. I mean, there was a place where you could take your um, target if you wanted to shoot your bow. Uh, there, there was plenty of uh, amenities there. Refrigerator, pretty much anything that you need was set up. Thirty dollars, thirty dollars a day. I mean, to me, that's pretty darn cheap. That's way cheaper than getting a hotel room or uh, anything like that. Uh, you can book it for a week if you want to. You can book it for a few days. Uh, all just depends on how long you want to stay. So that that's my go-to now is finding a Airbnb or just one of the websites where you can rent stuff like a room or you, heck you could, there's houses that you can rent for cheap. Um, this was like a, a kind of like a guest house basically that, mm-hmm. that I'm going to be staying in. Um, I, I've never had any problems with uh, any of the uh, Airbnbs that I've done. Everything's always been as advertised uh, and it's 15 minutes away from the piece of public. I'm going to be hunting. So 15 minute drive to the, to the piece of public. Thirty dollars. Right. I mean, that's nothing. And then it had enough room for multiple people. There were two big beds in there. So you go with a buddy. That's fifteen dollars a night <laughs> per person. I mean, it's 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 literally nothing. You can take your food, cook all your food there, heat all your food up, yeah. And you're within fifteen minutes of it. So even if you want to get down midday or something like that or whatever, you're only fifteen minutes away from uh, where you're staying at. So that's that to me. If you break that down, fifteen, whatever, seventy-five bucks. If you stay five days, uh, ninety bucks. If you stay six days, um, plus whatever uh, your your tag and everything. I mean, that's just the cost of doing business wherever you decide to go. Um, and then if you're if you're traveling with a buddy, same thing. You're you're splitting the cost of the gas. You're splitting the cost of the food. If you buy a bunch of food mm-hmm. and take it to cook it, I mean, uh, it, it really isn't. Uh, especially kind of for Missouri, uh, it's not like a super expensive tag to get. So I think you could probably, I mean, it might cost you, I don't know, if you're if you're if you're frugal and uh, buy a bunch of food to, or you pre cook a bunch of food and take it with you to heat up and all that stuff. I mean, I, I would say you're probably if you go with a buddy, you're probably looking at six seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad. No, not at all. Uh, especially if you're you got a place to stay. Um, the good thing is you got your own vehicle and all that. It's, it's already out there. Um, and that 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 would be my suggestion is to look for a place like that near the piece of public uh, that you're going to be hunting. That to me that's the cheapest that you're going to find without like going to a campground or something. Obviously, if you have a camper or something like that, you could take it. But heck. A lot of these places where you can put your camper, you're going to spend $15 a day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or more to put your camper in. So you might as well go that route. Be And you're comfortable the whole time. Like I said, right. it's almost like you're at home, <laughs> That's basically. Right. And you don't have to worry about braving the elements, a bear coming to attack you, whatever. Other people messing with your stuff. 
I mean, it, it, to me, that's the way that's the way to go, and that's how I've planned multiple trips. And to me, that's pretty dang cost effective. Uh, it, it all depends on what your budget is. I don't know what everybody's budget is, um, but f- I know that the Iowa trip costs a lot more because the tag costs a lot more, and you you have to buy five years worth of preference or four years worth of preference points along with that, <laughs> which is two hundred dollars in itself. Uh, to get out there so find one of these over-the-counter states uh, find a piece of public uh, that looks good to you find an airbnb close by and uh, rock with it that that's you don't and you don't necessarily need to buy any new gear i mean unless you just don't have any cold weather clothing i mean um, you might have to do that but heck you might be able to borrow buddies that's the same size as yeah just just Get one of your buddies who may not be going. If they've got the clothes, then most people are like, yeah, man, here, take my jacket. Take these pants. Uh, and you don't really have to buy any clothes, and you've, you've already got everything else you need hunting-wise. So uh, my suggestion is to just find a, figure out what your budget is and look at four or five states and go through it. Look at the Airbnbs and the, all that stuff and go, okay, my budget's $600. I can make this Missouri trip work. Right. Yeah, I think I think in the end, there is the ability to go and and do out of state hunting uh, more than people really give themselves credit for. And what I mean by that is we we've touched on this podcast before. Like the most important thing with regards to uh, doing the outdoors is simply going and participating, right? And I think you know. If, if you're dumb enough to sleep in the back of your truck, there are opportunities for that too. I definitely think the Airbnb is an awesome opportunity. Sometimes there isn't an Airbnb nearby where you want to be. Sometimes you're just on a budget, man. And uh, last year I went up and hunted Georgia, spent uh, a couple weekends uh, sleeping in the back of my truck. And uh, at the end of the day, I was heating up Campbell's chicken noodle soup on a burner and I was eating pickles, and I was, you know, cr- you know, uh, uh, pop tarts for breakfast, and and tuna tuna packets for lunch, and I and I do those trips, you know, taking the license out of it because, you know, I hunted in Georgia all year last year, so it wasn't like I bought the license just for that one trip, you know, gas and food, everything. I did it for like a hundred bucks, you know. I mean, that's that's including several hours worth of driving, driving around where I'm going, all that good jazz. Um, you know, I think there are real affordable ways to do it, and I don't have a very big truck. I've got a Nissan Xterra that Chase hates to get inside because it's like it's like claustrophobia for him. You know, so <laughs> you know it, it it's tight. But I think the most important thing is actually getting out there and finding a way to do it because I think starting off with closer to home trips uh, definitely is a way to work the kinks out of what you're doing. Right? Um, it it definitely helps to go and try whatever it is you're doing before you get to Missouri, right? You're leaving from here, going to Missouri, maybe try a couple out-of-state hunts next year in Georgia and Alabama or something where you're closer to home, where if, you know, the the weather maybe isn't as severe and you can figure out if sleeping in the back of the truck actually works. Um, I think in the end, it just matters that you actually go and do it. And I think you can do it for $200 and you can do it for, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars depend, all depends on what you want to do. But, uh, I think you can have an adventure, which is what the question was, is how easy or not to plan an out-of-state hunting adventure in a bu- on a budget. There are countless ways, and I think if everybody's honest and they socked away 30 to $50 a month, they could go on an out-of-state hunt every year and have an absolute blast doing it. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you just put, like I said, 50 bucks a month away, I mean, that's $600. Exactly. You got a $600 budget, you figure out, okay, I can do this state and I can stay here or I can can afford an Airbnb because a buddy's going with me. It's only going to cost me $15 (laughs) uh, and I don't have to really buy anything. Uh, I can take some food that I'm already going to buy anyways at home or whatnot and just make some extra put it in bags so all you got to do is heat it up or freeze it all you got to do is heat it up when you get out there uh i think that it's not hard at all to plan one of these um i, I really haven't the, the hardest part is trying to figure out where to hunt once you get there yep <laughs> yep i agree man for sure well dude i think we have ran the course of our questions i there's a there's a recommendation to have a a couple gentlemen on here from florida i'm going to try and hunt them down and find a way to talk with them in the future. Um, but uh, I, I got to say, man, it was really nice being able to hop on the phone and talk with you. It's It's been difficult to get, you know, uh, you know, get you on the phone or get me on the phone, however you want to look at it, because we've both been out of pocket. But it's been good to, to get on here and talk hunting with you, because uh, as it sits right now, we sit 60 days from football season, and football season is always my one-week countdown to deer season. So, uh I'm I'm feeling pretty good about life right now. Who are we really that close? We are really that close, sir. Daggum, I got some work to do. Um, I, my bow isn't even sighted in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine's not. I've pretty much got my bow dialed in uh, for the most part. I'm taking it uh, Thursday. I'm actually going to uh, finish getting it dialed in. And then I've still been shooting it, but just working out some kinks, making sure, sure. that it's – it's shooting true and everything like that um luckily i've been using uh brandon ogden who's a buddy of mine and our one of our patrons his dad who's been a godsend uh because he only lives like 20 minutes from me which is great so uh, i don't have to go far Uh, so i'm meeting up with him on thursday hoping to get everything uh dialed in uh and then i'm hoping to get out and start putting some cameras out I've been, it's, it's, the weather's been a mess here. Like even like yeah. on some of the days I've had some free time. I mean, it's been torrential downpours here. Uh, haven't just haven't had that chance uh, to, of course, all the days I'm at work, a lot of times it's sunshiny and bluebird skies and uh, all of that. But uh, I'm going to get those out here soon. Uh, hopefully give you guys some uh, scouting reports on uh, what I'm seeing. Uh, do I have a target buck, buck yet or not? Uh, maybe one of those d- years uh, i actually one thing i have done is i signed up for the uh, bow hunting league on facebook nice so yeah brett mashburn uh, who i'm going to missouri uh hunt missouri with uh he asked me if uh, i wanted to be one of uh, the team members because it's a team of three uh it's three uh individuals so it's him, I, and another guy that's uh from uh tennessee that we found to be our uh third teammate um, and it, it's a, it's kind of, it's team oriented, but there's also individual things uh, that can be won as well. And last year, the biggest buck taking for the bow hunting league in the state of Florida was 105 inches. Oh man, dude, you crushed that several times over last year. So you can win your state. Um, yeah. You can win your state as uh, is, is one of the things as individual. So is they have like a team thing, but like I said, there's also a bunch of – and you have to sign up as a group of three to be in it. You can't sign up as an individual. Um, so we'll have our team kind of thing, and then we'll also have like the other individual 
uh, stuff as well. So, uh, I mean, there's still time for people to sign up with it. So if anybody's interested, it, I mean, it's there obviously to, to win like the team thing. I mean, you really need to be hunting and <laughs> like uh, uh, Iowa and some of those right. Kentucky, um, some of those like real big buck uh, states uh, to, to really have a chance of probably winning the, the team thing. But heck, I mean, there's individual stuff. Like I said, the biggest buck, Killed with a bow last year on that league in Florida was 105 inches. So if if you think you can beat that uh, and have some buddies that want to sign, it's free to sign up. They give away a ton of prizes, uh, even throughout the competition. They give away weekly prizes. So if anybody wants to check that out, you you can. They have a thing on Facebook where you can join uh, the bow hunting league. Uh, I think each year it's gotten bigger and bigger. Um, and their prizes are getting bigger and better. And I think they actually they had this thing where it was like King of the Tines where it was like someone's uh, biggest five deer. So you could you can you can enter as many deer as you want and they'll take your top five deer and they call it King of the Tines. And they oh, took cool. that group, like the top ten from that group, and uh, they came down and did a hunt in Florida at the end of the season, which was awesome. So there's oh, cool. There's a bunch of and in Florida you can kill five bucks. Yep. <laughs> so yep. some of these states, some of these guys, okay, they killed a 200 inch in Ohio, but they get one buck. Right. They, you kill a 200 inch in Iowa, you get one buck. So a lot of those guys up there, they have the advantage for like big buck, but if for the for five of them, they would have to travel to like four or five different states to be able to really compete in that. So Florida. I mean, you kill three or four bucks in Florida, and you go on a state or a trip to Missouri. I mean, bam, you could be right there in the top ten for King of the Tines if if that's something that interests anybody. I know some people don't really like the competition side of hunting and things like that, but I mean, this is it seems like a cool group. Everybody seems like they're uh, super chill and uh, are pulling for each other. So uh, if if somebody is interested in that, I, w- I would recommend at least checking it out uh, on their well, site. Let's get. Let's get Ben Harrison on the podcast and talk about it, man. Yeah, let's do it. I, I, I've heard him on several other podcasts talking about it. Um, yeah. That's actually how I got a lot of the information is I went back and uh, when Brett was talking to me about it, and I went back and uh, listened to some of those podcasts, and I was like, yeah, shoot, why not? I mean, I'm going to be yeah. hunting anyways. So that's I right. might as well just go, okay, cool. Uh, I can enter a buck and whatever. Who knows? I could be – Win the state of Florida next year. Probably not, but there's a chance. So, <laughs> well, good deal, man. Well, we got a lot to do when we wake up in the morning. We're, you know, we're, we're counting down the days. Fifty nine days, fifty eight days. It's gonna be creeping up on us. I got to get out and start shooting my bow. I got to get this friggin' boat up and running, and and I'm getting really close. And you need to get out and start doing some scouting with Brett. We're gonna break down some public land, and uh, man, we got a lot doing. But uh, guys, I appreciate each and one of you tuning in every week, um, listening to what we're doing, subscribing to YouTube, supporting the show through Patreon. Everything you do matters, no matter what you do, whether you sign up to support the show or if you just listen week in and week out. Uh, we, we do it for you guys. We enjoy it. We've got some cool things coming down the pipe. And uh, I just I just hope all of you guys find some time this week, this weekend, to get outside, enjoy your passions, go a little harder, scout a little more. we got people doing uh blind sits right now observation sits uh, in the patreon group so if that interests you get out there but no matter what you do find time to get outside this week and until next time guys we'll see you later